like to be in control of everything, don't we? Well, today we'll learn what a joke that really is and a powerful lesson on forgiveness. Here's Pastor David. We worry and we argue and we fight and we comment on Facebook about who our next political functional savior will be. Who's going to protect our interests and make sure that we have enough money and make sure that our economy... Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Look, God is the one who will provide for you. God is the one who will provide for you. God. He's the one who's going to provide for you. I say it three times so that you get it in your head and I get it in mine. Even when we make mistakes, and I have made many mistakes, God continues to provide. He is our Father. We need not look to governments. We need not look to other sources of people to save us or to provide for us or to protect us or to provide security. God is our provider. And he's asking us to come to him every day and say, get me through today. Tomorrow, that'll worry about itself. Give me what I need today. I trust you today and I'll trust you tomorrow. That's what he wants. For those of you who would think, hey, if I just won the lottery, if I just got that better job, if I just got whatever, then I'd be more secure. Let me just tell you something. Let me give you a little hope. Let me give you a little peace. You ready? You are already secure. You are already secure. God will take care of you and your children and your children's children if it takes that long before he returns. He will take care of you. He promises to do so. I'm not saying you'll never... You'll never miss a meal or you'll never have difficulty. That might happen. But if you trust God, he will take care of you and give you what you need. Remember, he's eternal. He understands the whole show. Trust him. Trust him. Listen, you already live in a country where you have clean water, hot water that runs right out of your sink. If you went back to the people in the first century and you were like, check this out, and the water's coming out, they'd be like, Woo! right? What? I got to go down to this well and I got to get the water, put it on my head and I got to balance it all, go back to the thing so that I can have a little bit of water. Hopefully it's not ruined so that we all get the plague and die. Right? That's how it was for them. Now we're just like, shh, and the water comes out. That's tons of people in the world don't even have that. You have that. You probably drove here today in a car, a truck, a motorcycle, something like that. You probably, you probably didn't walk. Maybe some of you did, but most of you probably didn't. You probably have a roof over your head tonight. You probably had breakfast this morning. You probably had dinner last night, and things are probably looking pretty good that you're going to eat again today. You probably have enough clothes to wear a different outfit every day of the week, if not for longer. And yet, with all that, it's still hard to us, for us to say, give us today our daily bread. Not more. Give us our daily bread. What we want to say is, give us today our lifetime of needs so we can stop asking you for anything and take care of ourselves. And then, for some of us, when we do get a little extra, we can put a little something away. Some people like to convince themselves that because of that, they have pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. They're taking care of themselves. Some of them even look down on others who don't have as much. People who think that, who think that they're self-made, what a joke. God's done it all. Listen, I don't know if you've ever known a college freshman. Some college freshmen, not all of them, are in this situation where their parents are still footing the bill for everything. 
They pay for college or they take out loans for their kids. They give them, they pay for the cell phone, they pay for the car, they pay for the insurance, they send them some money for an allowance, but they're 18 years old and, they, and they're in college and they say things like, I'm an adult now. I can make all of my own decisions. I'm taking care of myself now. Your parents are paying for everything. The only difference between now and then is instead of sleeping in the bed inside their house, you're sleeping in the bed inside the dorm that they're paying for. And yet you think that you're now taking care of yourself. That's how silly that we sound, even sillier, when we think that we are self-made people instead of falling on our faces with gratitude for everything that Christ has given us. Every single thing that God has given us has come from him. It's a good gift. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, okay? Whoever you are, if you think you've done it on your own, you are deceiving yourself and building a false pride that will lead to destruction. What you have, you were given, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, right? We know about common grace. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. The sun shines on the just and the unjust. God has done everything that's good. If you have a breath today or a meal today or you've got a roof over your head today, it's because God has done it for you. Listen to what scripture says, 1 Corinthians 4, 7. For who makes you superior? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not receive it? Anybody who boasts, you see this with, with wealthy people sometimes. They'll write the book about how they did it through sheer hard work. I'm sure they did work hard and whatever, but give me a break. First of all, nobody makes it on their own. Nobody. You all, this is a social world. God has made a relational world. So everybody who's done anything has done it with the help of many, many other people. And certainly with the grace of God. You have nothing nothing that you have not been given. When we ask for our daily bread and nothing more, it shows that we have a trust and a faith in God that he will provide. It helps us to see ourselves as eternally safe, eternally cared for. Day by day, God will provide from now until forever. Money fades away. There are countries that have had such crazy inflation that in one day, they just said things like, just take four zeros off of your money. If you had 10,000 bucks yesterday, you got a dollar today. That's, that's what's happened in some countries. Just, money has become worthless. Money will not save you. It will not provide you security. But our father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It's all his. It's all God's. We go to the father and ask for our daily bread that we might be filled with thankfulness and gladness of heart when we receive it. And then we can ask again tomorrow. And if we trust in him instead of leaning on our own understanding, trying to chase after the security that the world promises with wealth, then we will learn what it means to truly rest and have peace in our Father. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. So we pray for our daily bread and nothing more. And we receive it with gladness, and we'll have peace. I've done many times in my life I've had to pray, literally, literally for that day. He takes care of us. He takes care of us. Next, we ask him to forgive our debts, right? Our sins. We're asking God for forgiveness, for renewal of our relationship with him. We need this every day. We need to know that our relationship is good with him. We need to remember 
all that he's done for us. If you read Psalm 51, David has just murdered Uriah and committed adultery with Uriah's wife, and he's been called on it, and he's brokenhearted. He's got a broken and contrite heart, and he's coming to the Lord, and he's saying, forgive me. Create in me a, a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Renew a right spirit in me. That's where we need to be. We need to be, God, we want to be right with you. We need forgiveness. And we need to forgive others. We need to remember all that Jesus Christ has done to set us free from sin. We need to remember that. And we need to remember that if we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then we need to take that and say, if we're going to be like Jesus, we need to forgive others as well. Sin is like debt. If you've ever had a lot of debt, you know what it feels like. It's not very fun to have a lot of debt, to be indebted to someone. Now, if you've ever been forgiven a debt, you know what that feels like. It's an amazing feeling. I've been forgiven debts in the past. I've even had massive debt forgiven for me before. And I can tell you that the feeling is very humbling. And it produces, or it should produce, great thankfulness, both to the person who's forgiven the debt, but most especially to God. Most especially to God. We need to be forgiven our debts, our sins, but we also need to be debt forgivers. Not debt holders, debt forgivers. We need to ask for forgiveness. We need to give forgiveness. Now, we're going to dive deeper into that for a second at the end of the message here in just a little bit. So I'm going to move on. The next thing is to ask for protection from temptation and from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation. We're asking God to take care of our moral righteousness needs, our spiritual protection. Okay. Now, it's not, we don't say, God, lead us not into temptation because if we didn't pray that, God would be like, well, I'm going to lead you right into temptation. That's not what he's saying. It's, it's, an, it's a literary device. It's, you're using the negative to suggest the positive. What do we really pray for? If we're saying lead us not into temptation, we're saying lead us into righteousness. Lead us into righteousness. That's where we want to go. Lead us not into temptation, but into righteousness. That's what we need, righteousness. And the blessing that comes with righteousness, with following the commands of God, and we need him to lead us and empower us to live that righteous life. We need to submit to his leading. So we're asking him, lead us, not into temptation, into righteousness. Let us be righteous. And we need to understand the spiritual war that is going on in this fallen world. And that we need the protection from the evil one. We need to be led by God into righteousness and to have his protection. Listen to James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God, submit to his leading. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. If we submit to God's leading and we resist the devil, we'll have victory. The devil will flee and we'll be close to God. We have victory in Christ. We don't have to fear anything. So we pray these things. Lead us not in temptation, but into righteousness. Keep us, keep the evil one away from us. Keep us from evil. Help us to resist the devil because he has to flee. That's who we are as the church, marching against the gates of hell, resisting the devil. Submitting to God. We're asking him to lead us. Lead us. Let, us. let us experience the victory of righteousness and of safety and protection from Satan every single day. And at the end of the prayer, we again honor and recognize our Father as a king, powerful and glorious. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For yours. For yours. What he's saying there is, listen, 
For, as in because. I pray all these things because yours is the power and the glory. Yours is the kingdom. Yours, because that's who you are, all these things I've prayed, I believe can be done. Because yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. See, if that wasn't true, why even bother praying the first part? It's because those things are true that we believe the first part can be done. We come back. We start with God. We end with God. We honor him at the beginning. We honor him at the end. And then we say, amen. So be it. It's true. Let it be done. And then the scripture for today ends with this. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. This serious stuff. Do we have a heart to forgive? As is not unusual, God gave me some real life to chew on this week related to this passage, forgiveness and so on. I got scammed. I'll tell you a quick story. I don't have a lot of time, but I'm sure you'd like to hear about me getting scammed, so you'll wait a few extra minutes. So the other day I was driving my car, and I was parked over here next to, you know, we have that dumpster, that big blue dumpster. We've been throwing all this stuff as we've been doing construction. And I forgot that the dumpster was there. And I was thinking it was all clear behind me. So I put my car in reverse and boom. I hit the corner of that dumpster right in the middle of my bumper. Put a nice crease right down the middle. Well, that wasn't good. And some days later, I was at a Costco, the Costco up here in the parking lot. And a couple guys, this guy comes up to me and he says, hey, I work at the local Chevy dealerships and so on. I'm an auto body guy. I can help you out with that dent in your bumper. Get that fixed for you. <clears throat> I'm like, all right, sure. And he quoted me a price. It wasn't free by any means, but it, it was cheaper than it would have cost me to, to go and do the insurance claim and have my insurance go up and all the rest of that. So I said, sure, let's go, let's go fix it. So he came over here to the church and he started working on it. Well, the next day I go to wash that stuff off. And what I find out is all this guy did was put this cheap putty inside the thing on my bumper that actually ruined my bumper. It didn't, it didn't fix it. It actually ruined it, ruined the paint. So I'm actually going to have to get a new bumper. And the number he gave me to call so that he could come back with a part that he ordered for me, for some reason, we could call it right now. It's not going to be answered, I can tell you. I called, no answer. I text, hey, haven't heard back from you. What's going on with this? And then I go online and I find out that this is a super common scam. Guys will come up to you in a parking lot. They'll say they can fix this thing. They, do, they all do the same thing. Oh, we'll do it in about a half hour. They, put, they use the putty. They put something over it. They tell you in 24 hours, wash it off. It doesn't wash off. It ruins your car. Common scam. Now, I felt pretty dumb. I, I, I felt like I, I was pretty dumb, but I was also not super happy with these fellows. You know, I wasn't thinking the best thoughts about them. I was tested in my love for enemies and my forgiveness I think God wanted me to be, if I'm going to be preaching about it. But God worked in my heart, and I realized that, because you know me, I'm like, I'm going to sue these guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> you might have got me this time, but we'll see what happens when the judge comes out, okay? Go see Judge Judy about this. <laughs> but I thought, you know what? No. What I, what I need to be doing? Praying for them. Amen. What does it look like to love them? They're in this position where that's what they have to do, and they're even in the place where they would do it at a church to a pastor 
Not that I'm something special, but most people kind of have a thing about that, you know. They're somewhere they, they ought not to be. They're certainly not any worse than me and the sins that I've done. So I need to pray for them. I need to love them. I need to forgive them. I need to move forward, and God's helped me to do that. And I know, listen, that's not anything near that big of a deal to forgive compared to some of the things I've been called and commanded to forgive in my life. And it certainly is not a big thing to forgive compared to some of what you've had to forgive other people. There's been abuse, oppression. There's been, there's been stealing. There's been a betrayal. There's been violence, all kinds of things that have been done to people in this room. I realize there's a lot more to forgive than just a few hundred bucks. Nevertheless, we're commanded to forgive because we have been forgiven so much and we're supposed to have a heart like Christ. Listen to this. We'll close out with this story that Jesus tells. Matthew 18, 23 through 35. This is out of the ISV version. That is why the kingdom from heaven may be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he had begun to settle the accounts, a person who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Because he couldn't pay, his master ordered him, his wife, his children, everything that he owned to be sold so that payment could be made. Then the servants fell down and bowed low before him, saying, Be patient with me, and I will repay you everything. The master of that servant had compassion and released him, canceling his debt. But when that servant went away, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him, seized him by the throat, and said, Pay me what you owe. Then his fellow servant fell down and began begging him, Be patient with me, and I will repay you. But he refused and had him thrown into prison until he could repay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were very disturbed and went and reported to their master everything that had occurred. Then his master sent for him and told him, You evil servant, I canceled that entire debt for you because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers until he could repay the entire debt. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each one of you unless you forgive your brother from your hearts. The Bible tells us, forgive as the Lord forgave you. You know what 10,000 talents is? I did the math. $14 billion. That's what the debt was that he owed. $14 billion. A talent is basically as much as a person would make in a lifetime. Normal work would make in a lifetime. And he owed 10,000 talents, an unpayable debt. The guy who owed him money owed him $14,000, roughly, 100 denarii. A day's work for an average person times 100, $14,000. One one millionth, one one millionth of the amount of debt that he had been forgiven. I think that's significant. And he was going to choke this guy out and throw him into prison for one one millionth of what he had just been forgiven. We need to understand that when we're being asked to forgive. D.A. Carson writes this, There is no forgiveness for the one who does not forgive. How could it be otherwise? His unforgiving spirit bears strong witness to the fact that he has never repented. It's hard, but it's true. If you will not forgive others, how can you say that you have even begun to understand and be thankful for what God has done for you? Jesus died for you. He died for you. And yes, your sin is enough to have Jesus go to the cross. 
Your sin is enough to put Jesus Christ on the cross. He would have had to do it just for you because that's what your sin, that was what the wages of your sin was, death. The sacrifice of Jesus to redeem you, was, was, it was just for you. It would have been enough just for you. And he's forgiven you and he, and he did that for you and that should melt your heart so much that it should be much easier for you to forgive others. If you're having a hard time with that, and I know people do, meet with me, meet with the other pastors here, meet with the elders. Let us help you through it because we are commanded to forgive and we must do it. We cannot hold on to bitterness in our heart. It ends up eating us, not hurting the other person anyway. We're commanded to forgive. Forgiveness is tough. But not forgiving can be a poison that affects every area of our lives. And if forgiveness has a stranglehold on your life, we'd love to help. Call us at 360-885-9000 or use email info at axchurchnw.org. There's freedom and peace waiting for you as you trust Jesus. 360-885-9000. 9,000. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll check out the next episode where we'll learn what treasure really is. That's right here on Contemplate. Contemplate.